Welcome to the Memory Hole Show, where we talk about interesting ideas, promote freedom, and push back against authoritarianism. I'm your host, Brian. Welcome back, Memory Hole people. Guess what? Today is my birthday. Yay for me. I'll be sure to pour myself a cold one to celebrate, but if you really wanted to help make my birthday special, you could share, like, and subscribe to The Memory Hole Show. That's probably the best thing you could give me, and I appreciate that. I'd also like to give a shout-out to JV. Thanks for giving the podcast a listen. I hope you'll continue to listen. Here's raising a shot of Flor de Caña for you. Okay, one thing I love about this podcast is I'm constantly learning about new things, like the experiment I'm going to talk about today. It always amazes me that there's so many things to learn about, and yet... It almost seems like, as a civilization, we really haven't learned these lessons. I mean, they've been done over and over and the information's available, but it's like this information has fallen upon deaf ears. Anyways, I think you'll see some parallels to our own society, so let's jump into the episode. So I ran across an article recently about an experiment that was done many, many years ago in the late 1960s. You can find the links here at memoryholeshow.com, so check that out when you get a chance. Anyways, the experiment was done by John B. Calhoun, and in this experiment, he bred mice in a special condo-styled colony called the Mortality Inhibiting Environment. After reading about this experiment, I could see many parallels to the human race and our mousetrap Earth. Calhoun was curious to see what would happen if mice would live in an overcrowded habitat. So he created this colony. So this thing was like a pen that was about nine feet square and four and a half feet high. At the center of the pen was an open area. Think of this as the communal area where the mice could go and eat. Leading out from the center communal area were a series of tubes that went to various rooms which made up the perimeter of the pen. In fact, there were 256 rooms available that could house up to about 4,000 mice. Materials like paper were also provided so that the mice could make their own nests comfortable. Everything they needed to survive was provided. Now, obviously, this was a controlled experiment, and you couldn't see something like this happening in nature. But did you notice what was missing from the experiment? There were no natural enemies. So with the threat of enemies absent, how do you think things turned out? Calhoun figured that, having been given all that is needed to survive and no threats around, the mice should be expected to live to old age. Obviously, since these mice would live longer, the colony would quickly become overcrowded. It seemed obvious at this point. So on day one, the colony had eight mice, and the mouse population doubled every 55 days. After about 19 months, this exponential growth of the population reached about 2200. Now, I'll pause the story here for a moment. Keep in mind that at this point, the population is about half the way to max capacity. One of the things I found really intriguing about this experiment were the parallels to the human population here on Earth. We often hear from the authoritarian-minded people that the Earth is overpopulated, that for the sake of sustainability, we need to reduce the population size. My question is, how do they know what the right amount of people actually is? Supposedly, smart people all through history said the Earth is overpopulated. For instance, at 1 billion people, there were too many. Now at around 8 billion, more people are better off than ever before. 
So how is that possible? Shouldn't we be worse off? More people dividing the resources and wealth pie into thinner pieces should mean there is less per person. But the exact opposite is true. The reason for this is twofold. First, technology plays a massive role. The people that thought there were too many people at 1 billion couldn't anticipate future technologies that allowed for the support of more people on this planet. Second is the knowledge problem. When a person tries to make these very large predictions, they can't process enough information to come to a probable conclusion. That's because each person is a source of information. Imagine trying to incorporate, if it were possible, all the knowledge of every person on earth. People all make tons of tiny little decisions every day. These decisions add up and drive society in a direction. That's impossible to synthesize into one coherent and accurate prediction by one person. So given that, here's the interesting thing about the population growth as it relates to wealth. The experts had drawn a line that showed the increasing and continuous growth of the population. This was dubbed the population bomb. But they didn't have all the information. That's impossible to have. So they couldn't anticipate how new variables would affect the outcome. In this case, the variable was wealth. You see, as the population became more wealthy, people automatically had less kids. No government coercion or global tyranny was needed. Quite interesting. So getting back to the experiment, a few interesting things happened. The first thing that happened was that, absent from natural threats, newborns had a better chance of survival. Better survival meant that there were too many young for the mothers to watch over. They became exhausted and would stop protecting their babies. These abandoned mice, although not being under any natural threats, would start to die off due to this neglect. But not all of those young died off or were neglected. See, there were still more mice being produced than would normally happen. Keep in mind too that mice, being mammals, organize themselves in hierarchies. So as there were more and more mice, there were more and more power struggles in that hierarchy, much more than you'd find in a natural setting. But here's a difference. Normally, as mice would challenge each other for dominance and position, the losing mouse would leave. But in this case, those losing mice couldn't actually leave since they were stuck in an enclosed area. So as the population rose, there inevitably became more challengers, more challengers made for more confrontations, and this had the effect of tiring out the alphas, which would eventually stop defending their apartments. So simultaneously as the population grew, the dominant males burned out from constant confrontations, and the mothers also burned out from being overburdened by their young. Both of these trends were not predicted and were not good. As it happened, a complete breakdown, a death spiral, if you will, began. Males stopped defending their territory. That led to more violence and aggression. Females stopped caring for their young. That led to a reproductive decline. So once again, we can see that the law of unintended consequences strikes again. Although some of the mice were still committed to a typical societal order, other mice completely disconnected. Since many mice got kicked out of their homes earlier than they normally would have, they didn't learn the rules of society. Some of them would act in deviant ways. Some of these mice would groom and self-soothe all day. Sound familiar? 
It's a good thing mice didn't know about TikTok or have Instagram. But in the end, they didn't need social media because they could simply watch those self-grooming mice and join in on the fashion. It was like a social contagion. And because they were so busy looking after their own vanity, those mice forgot or avoided to breed altogether. And that's when the population started to go downhill until the final population of mouse heaven hit rock bottom. All the mice died off. So what went wrong? Was it because there were no natural threats? What is it about threats that would make mice, or people for that matter, survive? Calhoun himself suggested a parallel to humanity. His quote, Herein is the paradox of a life without work or conflict. When all sense of necessity is stripped from the life of an individual, life ceases to have purpose. The individual dies in spirit. So you could argue that having a threat provides a purpose in life. Without a purpose, your purpose ends up being a giant empty vacuum that will get filled with whatever trend or fad you see on TikTok or Instagram. Now, I'm not suggesting we need to be under constant threat, but without a threat to generate a purpose, you need to create one for yourself. Without a purpose, life is meaningless. That meaninglessness changes your behavior and habits. And that's one of the reasons why I don't understand the push for universal basic income, for instance. Just like the mice were devoid of purpose and completely dependent on Calhoun for their living conditions, UBI has a very obvious potential of doing the same to people. How will people behave when they no longer live their lives with some sort of independent purpose? Will they behave like the mice? Well, Yuval Noah Harari, one of Klaus Schwab's top advisors, has already commented on that. He spoke about the problem of AI labor displacing human labor, and I would add that UBI will have the same effect. As Yuval said in the video linked below, what do we do with all the useless people? His best guess is to keep these meaningless and worthless people busy with drugs and video games. So that's one viewpoint. But I think my viewpoint is a little bit better. Here's easy but good advice from one simple sign everyone that has ever visited a zoo has seen. Don't feed the animals. Why? Because they become lazy and dependent. The only thing a lazy and dependent population is good for is politicians. Never forget that. If you want a fulfilling life, create your own purpose. No one else can do that for you. Well, thanks again for joining me on my birthday episode. I really appreciate it. And again, like I said in the beginning, if you could like, share, subscribe, tell people about the podcast or whatever, the more people that are aware, the more people that can join this cause to fight back against the crazy authoritarians, the WEF types, the better we'll all be. Also, don't forget, you can check out the show notes at memoryholeshow.com. And if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm always there at memoryholeshow. Thanks for listening, but don't forget, Speak up or you'll get memory hold.
All content from the MemoryHoleShow.com and the Memory Hole Show podcast is for the purpose of entertainment and presented solely as opinion.